1: Welcome back in hour number two of the program here on Tuesday morning and uh, 508-996-0500 is the number for you to call in and share your thoughts. And we were talking in the first hour about the, what was going on with that wind turbine that was being erected in the area of Clarks Cove Yesterday they were down there getting ready to launch it. Uh, And as uh, we've got the story up at WBSM.com and on the app that has a, a video that can explain a little bit better the, the way that it works, but they, it's a model of a floating wind turbine. So instead of being anchored into the ground, anchored into the ocean floor, it is floating and it is, it is anchored, but it is floating and that makes it more mobile. They can move it around. They can, it'll move in the direction of the wind and it'll also be able to not take up uh, You know, ocean bed, not disrupt as much of the environment around it, not block fishing lanes, not, you know, there's a lot that can be done when they are movable like that. And it's, this is a test unit to put out there and gather research and data about how the wind and waves will affect these floating wind turbines. So you can, again, you can read more about that at WBSM.com and on the app, and you can see the video of how this company t omega wind is designing these and also see like a little test in a in a controlled setting of how this works and then now this is getting it out there in the wild and and, and testing it out 508-996-0500 good morning you're on wbsm
3: good morning tim how are you doing this morning good tom how are you good i'm glad you did uh the, the research that you had to do uh because that gave us uh, at least a little bit of information. Mm-hmm. But what still, still bothers me is why couldn't they wait till after a public hearing for one, for two? Um, what was explained to me at the library this Saturday before wasn't uh, exactly uh, uh, straight up from the person that was doing it. You was saying it was a 365-foot foot tower. It can uh, turn around and... Uh, Put electricity in six thousand homes, and this and that. So anyway, be that as it may. Well, I was going to say, it
1: sounds like he was giving you the the sell on what the you know the full scale actual um, right. windmills are that they're building. That the, what they're putting out there now is just a one sixteenth scale model of that.
3: Right, but there are repercussions on the way it was done, is what I'm saying, uh, and that's why I think the rapidity of, I mean, the, the the rapidness of they had to do it by Monday became important. Uh, because of a precedent that is now being set by the Port Authority in terms of a simple thing like they having the authority to permit moorings. Now, we we know that they want to remove all the recreational boats from the inner harbor. Okay, you know, that's part of the plan. uh, But where are you going to put them? And if the Port Authority has the authority to issue permits for moorings, what's going to stop them from putting all those Boats on the, the Clarks Cove area, which is basically a shellfish farm. Okay, and I don't think they have the authority to do it. I think um, this is being pushed, and that the authority of their permitting has to be challenged.
1: Who, and the reason who, should, why I, who should be permitting for moorings? Just, uh, just for my own information.
3: Well, it used to be done right through the city clerk's office. Okay, you know, but uh, for whatever reason, uh, the permitting of moorings. Uh, reverted to the Port Authority, which is fine on the Harbor, but they don't, in my opinion, don't have the authority to do it in Clark's Cove, and there's a lot of reasons for that, particularly the shellfish beds. And if the city doesn't have, don't forget, the city eliminated the shellfish committee, a standing committee of the city council, and they fused it with the fishing industry. Now, that in and of itself uh, uh, turned around and to me in my eyes removed their ability to have jurisdiction over that waterway that waterway jurisdiction would have reverted back to the state department of marine fisheries and uh if they don't have the authority uh to do this that's what's going to block them uh if the city doesn't have a shellfish management plan that's sanctioned by state department of marine fisheries then the jurisdiction on that waterway goes to state department of marine fisheries they may have given see i don't know they may have given permission for this to happen okay uh but the way it was done and the rapidity that that it was done in uh prior to a public hearing bothers me uh and and that's what i learned when i was chairman of the Shellfish Committee. there's a lot of stuff that went on uh to keep us closed and uh the jurisdiction of it remained under the State Department of Marine Fisheries until we could come up with a management plan, which Brad Burke uh, and our committee were able to do. A lot of fighting in between, uh, and uh, I learned a lot. And one of the things I learned was the law regarding the jurisdiction of Clocks Cove, and that's what's going to be a challenge Thursday night.
1: Okay, you'll be down there what on do you, Thursday night?
3: Yeah, what, what do you think? I mean, th- they're saying that this project costs twenty-five grand. Right, but this this company hasn't built any machines. yet. Are they going to build them in New Bedford? Are they going to build w- wind turbines right here in New Bedford? You know, what what is the benefit for the city for all of this? Are they going to plug into the sewage treatment plant so people can believe their numbers that they can they can uh, create enough electricity for six thousand homes? Well, let's see them. Let's 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 have a one of those machines plugged into the sewage treatment plant, which is two million dollars a year in electricity, to see exactly how much energy is created on behalf of the taxpayer stuff like that i mean it, it, we're shooting in the dark still until this hearing gets done and uh i would just like to see a lot of people show up so they understand because what's going to happen if if the port authority has the authority to issue permits for moorings the ward 6 council is going to go out of his mind with an extra 200 trucks and trailers in the south end neighborhoods they get no place to park you know and all that clatter in the morning. I had people call me at 4 o'clock in the morning when I was a City College and say, well, listen to this. And they stick their phone out the window and say, what are you going to do about it? You know, that's just a regular recreational fisherman going down there at 4 o'clock in the morning, putting their boats in the water, going out in there fishing for whatever they had the license to fish for and coming back in. But that early morning upsets the quality of life for the people down there. Sure. And to, to amplify it, with, with new moorings throughout the cove, I don't know how, how you're going to have a uh, shellfish management plan when you put that many moorings into Clotts cove. And I don't think they get the right to do it. I really don't. Notwithstanding, you know, their ability to eliminate moorings in the Upper Harbor. Uh, and I, I think the Port Authority has that authority. Uh, but where are they going to put these recreational boats?
1: Well, I guess you'll get a little bit of information on Thursday. Yeah, but I appreciate your, your research. That helped out a lot. Thank, oh, thank you. you. And thank you for bringing it to my attention. Yep, Right. Take it easy. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM.
4: Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Pretty good. I've just got a couple of questions. Because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't read the thing because uh, I'm at work. Uh, are they floating freely? They are anchored. The, they're all, they're all on anchors. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next question is, if, how are they going to transmit the electricity to the shore? It's going to have to be a
1: cable? For the, when they have the full scale? Yes. This, this model will not be connected.
4: Yeah, I know that. But, uh, so, if they're on acres, how far can they float? Because somebody was saying they could float out of the way of shipping and stuff. But no matter what, they're still headed to the ocean floor
1: i'm not I'm not exactly sure I don't remember if I saw that part in the video of where they how they collect the energy Beautiful. I'll have to go back and watch the video again questions. right yeah no there there still are questions yeah, good. absolutely okay, thanks for the info all right thank you and um i I wish I remembered off the top of my head um what they said about that, but I can go back and and watch the video and if I don't find it there, I can reach out to the company and and ask them They were um they were just very busy yesterday uh, with getting everything launched. So I got them on the phone. They didn't really have time to go on the air. Uh, so I just got all the information. Then I came in to, to Chris and, and shared that information. But maybe somewhere down the line here, we can have uh, whether it be Dave Forbes or someone else from T. Omega Win come on and, and get into the real ins and outs and, and take some questions from you, the audience. 508 996 0500. You're next on WBSM.
5: Good morning. Morning. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I don't, I don't buy any of it. I mean, if they're testing, if they're, if they're testing out there at Clark's Cove and, and they're saying this is part of the windmills, I mean, those tests should have been done out in the ocean where the windmills are going for the accurate reading. It's not the same readings you're going to get out there in the ocean that you're going to get over here at Clark's Cove. So I, I really don't know. I went by yesterday. I saw them, um, there were some people there asking a lot of questions regarding it, but it, it just, just doesn't make any sense. Why would you test, put a test windmill in Clark's Cove to get readings from what you're going to get on the offshore? I, I just don't buy it. I, and my,
1: my guess on that is that uh, they're scaling up the testing. So they, they were just previously testing like in a controlled. Um, like wave tank environment so this might be the next step of that is to put it into some, some water that's you know protected and then from there they can scale it up to, to bring it out into open water so I think this is just a step in the process of, of trying to get it out there they're, they're just trying to see what the, the wind and waves will do to it first
5: yeah, what, yeah but, but that's what I'm trying to get at before you amplify anything you test at a smaller scale so it shouldn't have been all done prior to any of this even happening so I don't know but we'll we'll keep an eye on it. I mean, I know a lot of people. I live on the south end, and uh, you know we'll we'll keep an eye on it. Um, but it's uh, it's crazy that stuff like this happens and, and nobody's aware of it. You know.
1: Yeah. If you can make that meeting, it's it's uh, Thursday at six at the wastewater treatment plant. They'll they'll answer uh, more questions. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Um, so yeah, that's going back to what I was saying there about it kind of being scaling up of the testing. So I mean, let me look at it like this. You don't always get to go right from riding a big wheel to riding a, a, a two wheel bike. You know, sometimes you got to jump on a bike with some training wheels on it in the middle of that. And I think that that's what this must be is that middle step. Because if they're testing it in these controlled like wave pool setups, now you're trying to see what happens when it's out there in the actual waves and elements. So I don't think it's I think what you're dealing with is a is a demonstration project that's not ready to be out there in the open water. This is just the next step in the process. So uh, as, as the caller was saying, you know, why don't you do this ahead of time? I think this is the ahead of time for what's coming down the line. So I think with a, these turbines as T Omega Wind wants to build them, aren't being built yet. This is collecting the data for them. So this is just, you know, the next step in their process. Now, I, I wasn't too sure exactly about if T-Omega Wind is going to be building their own wind farms with these or if they're going to be, you know, selling these components to other people. If they're selling these components to other people, this could lead to them having a permanent setup in New Bedford of manufacturing these parts, manufacturing these, these wind turbines and sending them off to wherever else they're going to be. And if there's going to be more wind farms, we know there's going to be more wind farms. There's other regions that are approving them. Maybe that's what this is doing. Maybe that's why the city wants to work with them and the Port Authority wants to work with them is because this could be a company that becomes home-based here for their manufacturing. I I don't know. I'm just speculating here. We didn't get into all of that. Um, My purpose yesterday was to get the answers to what was going on down there at Clark's Cove. And to get that information to you as quickly as I could, we can follow up with T Omega Wind and find out more, you know, beyond that. And it's it's a little bit of um, it's a game to some degree. Uh, it's a relationship that you build when you're in the media and you're trying to get answers to questions. So obviously, they had a vested interest in getting the rumor mill shut down yesterday. And we, of course, wanted to give you the answers that you were looking for. So you do that and then you can reach out and say, hey, remember when we wrote that story? Would you like to come on and talk a little bit more in depth about the program? And then they know that based on our reporting and the way that we you know, were able to quell some of those rumors, they say, hey, this is an outlet that is just looking for the real information. So, yeah, let's go. Let's go talk to them. And then we can ask some of these bigger picture questions for you. And I certainly have questions myself. And I'm sure a lot of you do as well. Those of you who make it down to the meeting on Thursday, again, Thursday, 6 p.m. at the Wastewater Treatment Plant. You can pose those questions. I am fairly certain. I don't know for sure, but I would guess that um, Representative Cabral will be there because he's the one that called for this meeting. He's the one that asked the company to put on a neighborhood meeting. Uh, and also, I'm sure Representative Markey will be there as well. So, because he was also concerned. Right now, though, I've got to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, caller, I will get to you as soon as we come back. But I've got to take this break. We'll be back in just a few moments. And back to your calls 508 996 0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM.
6: Good morning.
1: Good morning. Yes
2: saying that mass save is paying for this uh
1: project uh it is the Massachusetts hold on let me give you the exact title the Massachusetts Clean Energy Center that's just one of the one of the, they're kind of the ones um overall supporting it but it's the also the National Science Foundation and others who have uh granted you know given grants for this project
2: and and, uh is that coming out of uh electric bill
1: uh i'm not sure how they're getting the money for it um i would guess that you know this is probably money that's coming from the federal government for looking into this but i don't know that for sure it's uh eight hundred thousand dollars in total in grant money
2: yeah well it sounds to me like it it's that mass save that uh They take money out to pay for uh, insulation and uh, light bulbs. Mm -hmm. Weather tight your house.
1: Yep, they can help you make your house more energy efficient, yeah.
2: I don't know if that's exactly
1: where it goes, but we can can try to find out.
2: I'm going to put a stop to this by uh, notifying the Coast Guard and the Army Corps of Engineers. We'll get it stopped. I'll, I'll talk, talk later to uh, the other talk host.
1: Thank you. All right. You have Bye. a good afternoon, a good day. And uh, if you want to call in and chime in, 508-996-0500. I do know from my conversations with uh, Dave Forbes from T-Omega Wind and also from you know Chris McCarthy's reporting yesterday that um, Representative Cabral, Representative Markey, they are all over this. So they will be, you know, following up with everything on this. Uh, And again, the people, the way that people are approaching this is, you know, why weren't we told about this? The way that the Port Authority is looking at this is, why would we tell you about this? All we did was issue a mooring permit. We don't tell you when we issue a mooring permit for, uh, you know, anybody else, why do we need to, you know, tell you about this one? And so I think that that's where a lot of people are looking at this as having some kind of disconnect because if you just look at the reaction that it had, that's why. That's why you need to tell people because otherwise you just let all these questions come up when you could have preemptively avoided all of that. Anyway, we'll talk more about that 508-996-0500 right after we come back from the news with Ariel Dorsey.
7: With the temporary truce no longer in effect, Israel is said to be considering a plan to flood Hamas's network of tunnels beneath Gaza. The move could make them unusable for the Palestinian militant group, but it could also harm the Gaza Strip's water supply. Reports are that Israel has already built a system of large pumps to send seawater in from the Mediterranean and could have all the tunnels flooded within weeks. An Arizona border crossing is closed down until further notice. Customs and Border Protection recently announced the Lukeville port of entry southwest of Tucson would be temporarily shut down to both vehicle and pedestrian traffic. A social media post describing the closure last week said those working in Lukeville would be helping the border patrol with taking migrants into custody. A shark attack has claimed the life of an American woman in the Bahamas. Officials there say the woman from Boston was paddleboarding with a relative near the Sandals Resort on Monday when the attack took place. CPR was administered, but her injuries were too severe. It appears there is a direct link to gold bars found in New Jersey's Senator Bob Mende- Mendez's home to a businessman accused of bribing the senator. At least four gold bars found in Mendez's home reportedly had the same serial numbers of bars stolen from businessman Fred Davies back in 2013. Ten years later, the FBI said the bars found in Mendez's home have those unique serial numbers. Kim Kardashian and Ryan Murphy are teaming up again for a legal drama. The reality star is getting her own scripted series after her breakout performance in American Horror Story Delicate. Deadline reports the show will be on Hulu along with her reality series The Kardashians. That's the first series for Murphy under his new Disney deal. The finalists for the Heisman Trophy have been announced. Players that are in the mix for this year's Heisman, awarded annually to the most outstanding player in college football, include Oregon quarterback Bo Nix, Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr., LSU signal caller Jaden Daniels, and Ohio State wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. And Oxford University Press is picking its word of the year. Riz was given the honor for 2023 with OUP saying in a release that it was chosen as an interesting example of how language can be formed, shaped, and shared within communities. Riz is defined as style, charm, or attractiveness, and has become popular online among younger generations. In sports, the Pacers are moving on to the next round of the NBA in-season tournament after taking down the Celtics 122-112 to at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Jason Tatum led all scorers with 32 points. Jalen Brown came within one rebound of recording a double-double after scoring 30 points. The Celtics' next game is Friday at TD Garden. Five players were listed as absent on the Patriots' first injury report of this week. Kajan Boot, DeMario Douglas, Ramondre Stevenson, Sean Wade, and Dietrich Wise Jr. did not participate. New England will visit the Pittsburgh Steelers for Thursday night football. And after coming from behind to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets, Boston is hosting a division rival. The Bruins take on the Buffalo Sabres at TD Garden. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6.
2: Tuesday begins with plenty of sunshine, but we will see clouds build in through the course day. That'll lead us to tonight where we're expecting a slight chance, a 20% chance of snow showers after midnight. Your low will be near 28 and no accumulation is For Wednesday, we'll likely start off with those clouds and leftover snow showers. Again, no accumulation. Your high should top out near 38. And the sun returns for Thursday, and it stays cold with a high in the upper 30s. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Kelly Bates on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM.
7: I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app.
1: I was going to ask the question, too, if, you know, if this is the future design of these wind turbines, to have these floating wind turbines. And by the way, I read a couple of articles during the news break there and skimmed them and tried to find more information about how it collects and and distributes the energy, and I didn't see anything. Uh, But if you were asked, well, I'm going to ask you, does this change how you feel about wind energy? Having these floating wind turbines is a possibility. The other part of this too, which I found to be interesting, according to the video, they don't need cranes placed on the waterfront to put these together. That they take these to the waterfront and then they tow them in one piece with a tugboat. In fact, T Omega Wind is the name of the company and it's the tow approach, T-O-W, that they call it. T-Omega Wind Toe, get it? So they um, they actually bring these out there with a tugboat and connect them to their, their moorings, their anchor, and then they can float in the direction of the wind and can be moved around if necessary. Does that make you feel better about wind turbines, about wind energy? Or do you think it's just another gimmick in something that you are already... Not in support of. 508-996-0500. I had mentioned at the end of the last hour about there was just, I just want to make sure I get this in. And then there's something else I want to discuss this morning as well. But uh, yesterday we let you know about there was a fire in the barn of the Conjuring house in Rhode Island. The house, the farmhouse where the Perrin family lived that, was the basis of the story for the movie The Conjuring. Now, the movie The Conjuring was very, very loosely based on what they went through there. It was more of a Hollywood horror film that just latched on to a true story. But nonetheless, it not only started off the whole Conjuring universe of of films based on the cases of Ed and Lorraine Warren, but it also made The Conjuring House a tourist destination the woman who was living in it when the movie came out ended up selling it to some paranormal investigators who opened it up for tours and investigations and then they sold it last year to Jacqueline Nunez, the current owner who has continued on with that and they were refurbishing the barn to make it like an event space and to do some other things with it and the barn caught on fire early yesterday morning just after midnight on Monday And uh, there was some damage, but nothing that is going to be, you know, the barn is not going to have to come down. It's a historically significant structure. But everybody was reporting on it. All the news stations had a story about it because it is the Conjuring House. It is famous. And I was writing something up about it and I was trying to find a new angle. I reached out to the owner. Um, You know, she was busy, so we didn't really get a chance to connect. But. When I'm taking a look at some of the photos, I looked at the, the the license plate of one of the fire trucks. Caught my eye. There's a ladder truck that's battling the blaze in in the in the garage, and I'm not sure if it was the Harrisville Fire Department or the I think I'm saying it right, Pas Pasquag, pa- I don't know, but the next village over, the both fire departments were there, and it was posted by that fire department. So I'm not sure which fire department this truck belonged to, but the license plate on the truck caught my eye. And so I kind of wrote, wrote a little story about that because it's just, just a creepy coincidence, a weird thing, but I put it out there and a lot of people have been like, whoa. The license plate on the fire truck was 666. <laughs> that was, as this fire is burning, In the barn of a famous haunted place, which has a connection to, well, not a real connection. The movie has a connection to witchcraft. The movie claims that the family was haunted by the spirit of a witch who sacrificed her own child to the devil in that house. It's not true. Bathsheba Sherman was a real person who lived in Harrisville, but there is no evidence she was a witch. She's buried in consecrated ground. Uh, There was never any reports of that. It was just something that came through from the Warrens' investigation and kind of took hold. And because they put it in the movie, people think that it's true, but it's not. And people have damaged her headstone and all kinds of things that have come as a result of it. But kind of weird that that story goes on and on, even though they're trying to fight it with the truth. And yet here comes the fire truck with the license plate 666 as this blaze is burning in the garage of the Conjuring house. Just a creepy coincidence, but weird nonetheless. And everybody was asking me, is that is that photo photoshopped? Um, this was put up by the fire department. I doubt the fire department photoshopped a photo, uh, photoshopped a 666 license plate on it. Someone else confirmed to me that um, the, the department does have a, a truck with a 666 license plate. So I don't know. I'm not saying it's anything but it's just still kind of weird and, and funny and interesting. You can check out the photos on that at wbsm.com and on the app. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hello. Hi, you're on the air.
6: Hey, hi. Yeah. No, getting back to that floating turbine, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit familiar with them. Okay. Uh, you're, not putting up, you know, you're not putting down one mooring. You've got to hold this thing in place. So it doesn't shift with the power cables. You're talking four moorings, one at each point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, mean, I guess they want to experiment close to shore because they want to flood the, the deep water with these things. So it's basically four to one on four points of these floating things. So whatever the depth is. So imagine the obstruction on the water, especially when you go way offshore. And then you have the... Floating cables, you know, depending on how many of these, you know, one to the other, to the other, and then onto shore. Um, but you're, you're
1: uh, also you're also dealing with four what looks like to be like concrete um, cubes for the for the mooring, the as opposed
6: or anchors or anchors. The one they want to use, so they want to flood these things out on the Gulf of Maine. And for the amount of scope or chain, they would be putting four four miles at each corner of these things. And then you start talking about thousands of these things. I mean, you, you get the picture and then you have these cables going from one to the other to the other and so on. Now, out in the cold water, you won't get much growth on these things. But you put these things close to shore, the growth is going to be astronomical. To keep these cables clean and, and working and yada, yada, uh, I, I, for one, would rather have them close to shore anyway and keep them off the fishing grounds because these things basically are just spelling the demise of the fishing industry.
1: So and these are connected oh, by these are connected by a cable that would go back to the mainland to harness the energy. Well,
6: yeah, so usually they're going to want to put X amount of wind turbines, you know, cable to cable, you know, I think they can hold four or five the, the wattage or whatever you want to call it. And then it goes into either transformer box and then to the shore, on shore. Uh, I don't know how many they put they want to put in Cox Cove or what, but that's the theory. You you can find stuff on this on YouTube and especially if you look at the offshore ones it, it, it's insane in my opinion uh engineering uh it's amazing what they can do you know give credit where credit is due but where do you draw the line i i mean put these things where they're not going to they're going to have minimal effect on people right that that makes sense right you
1: we would think them. so yeah
6: All right, look where are we going to put these things well, that are not going to affect People's livelihoods,
1: minimal impact on people, so, but then also, you know, maximum impact on being able to gather the wind energy too.
6: Well, yeah. So you think you put these things way offshore? What's I mean, how if it, the amount of miles of cable, the impact to the environment? You put these things close to shore. You put these things on shore. How how easy is it? It's much easier. You're not towing them. You're not putting floats. You're not putting Moorings, you anchor them up on shore or close to shore. It goes goes on shore where it's needed. Minimal cable, minimal work, minimal impact. It, 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 I'm not a rocket scientist, but I'm I, I, I don't know. I feel like one sometimes.
1: <laughs> well, you're more of one than I am with the information you have.
6: Yeah, but anyway, that's kind of uh, yeah. If you look on the YouTube and you you can find these things. It, to me, it's. Uh, I don't know what's the worst. You drive them into the ground or you anchor them. Uh, But like I said, and then, you know, you'll find some videos where, oh, minimal impact with the whales. You see the whales will swim up and over these chains. And, oh, yeah, let me tell you another. Let me tell you about Cinderella and the seven dwarfs, too, you know.
1: All right. Well, I got to hold you there to take a break, but I I appreciate all the information.
4: Good enough. Thank you.
1: Have a good day. So that's, that's very helpful. Um, I do have to take a break, though. Caller, hang on. We will get to you as soon as we come back, but I'll be back in just a few moments. And more with you, 508 996 0500. You're next on WBSM. Hi, good morning. How's it going? Yeah,
4: 666. That's pretty weird on that
1: fire truck. Yeah, it was a little strange that's to see that. Kind of the devil or is it Satan? Satan. Well, they call it the number of the beast, but I, I don't, I don't know, you know how accurate that is. I'm not uh, well versed in theology. I just know that it's, uh, it's long been associated with demonic things and, and devilish things.
4: Yeah, it made me think that there's no thirteenth floor in hotels.
1: Right. Yeah, for superstition because purposes, they didn't. won't, they won't make a thirteenth floor, and and people think that that's because. The hotels are superstitious and don't want a 13th floor. It's because people would, if you gave them 1305, they'd be like, could I not be on the 13th floor, please? So it's just easier not to have one.
4: Yeah, that's right. Because I know apartment buildings, um, some have a 13th floor apartment mm-hmm. buildings. Some hotels do too. Commercial endeavors. I guess a lot of suicides on the 13th floor, maybe, or something. They were worried about satanic cults taking the 13th floor. And
1: and, and the Uh, thirteen stuff isn't even real. It's all all just made up. There's no reason to fear the number 13. phobia or something, something like that.
4: I know. I see the tattoos on some people with 13. 86 is a popular number. I don't know what that's about. And mm-hmm. now that we got facial tattoos, uh, there's also like little numbers on them. I don't, I can't read them. I don't want to look in
1: people's faces. <laughs> well, some people believe in numerology. They believe that the numbers guide your destiny.
4: Hey number seven. uh number eight, excuse me, is eternity. Circle of uh, figure eight, Because mm-hmm. it goes around and around and around. But you're interesting, 666. I didn't know a public vehicle could carry that kind of a, a demonic number.
1: Maybe that's why they gave it to a fire truck so that nobody would request it. Because I'd put it on a on a Dodge Hellcat I, if I yeah, owned one of
4: those. Yeah, hell would be 666 because that's the Satan's in hell with flames. A police car. I never seen one with
1: 666. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever seen well, it I'm on not- a, on a plate or on a car.
4: But, That's a damn good picture
1: you got, there. Uh did you post it? It's uh it's in the story at WBSM.com. You can see it in the story.
4: I'm interested in these things, especially with Christmas coming. Yeah? Uh, does Christmas have any numbers associated with
1: it? Um I'm trying to think. I don't I don't know if there's any particular numerology associations with it. I know, you know, Zoroastrianism was um a big thing with the Magi and, and, uh, and, and the star, like all of that was, uh, was a particular belief set, but I don't know if there was any numerology connections to that. I'd have to ask a. I know somebody who is actually Zoroastrian. I can find out see from her if there's any numerology connections to that. I got to just yeah, so hold you there though. Cause I, a Christmas I number. What you have a Christmas number. I, I would think that a Christmas number
4: would be a lucky number like
1: seven. Or it'd be a big number like the credit card Christmas. bill. Yeah, 12 days of Christmas. True, man, 12 12 days, yeah. I just got to hold you there because I got to take a break, but thank you for the call. Thank you. Have a good day. Oops, sorry. And uh, I do have to take that break. We'll be back in just a few moments. If we don't get to you callers this hour, we can get you right at the start of the next one. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.